Hello, good people. You're listening to Startup Berg, the podcast dedicated to highlighting the Steel City's growing startup community. I'm your host, Adam Simone. Let's get started. All right. Well, welcome to episode 23. This is take two. Uh, we've got a, a kind of a fun episode today with Kevin Dowling, the CEO of Carta. Um, Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I think what you're working on is really neat. I'd love to get a little bit of background on yourself and Carta, uh, what you guys do. Sure. Uh, I first came to Pittsburgh back in the uh, uh, early 80s um, as an undergraduate in applied mathematics. At that time, CMU didn't have an undergraduate computer science program, and that was the Unheard of. of that. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, computer science itself was a, a field looking for a home, mm. but it eventually created its own home in the School of Computer Science at Carnegie Mellon. Um, I became a staff member after graduating uh, and w- working closely with uh, Takeo Kanadi and Hans Moravec and later Red Whitaker, and we formed the Field Robotics Center there at Carnegie Mellon. Uh, That's incredible. <laughs> grew, grew up in that lab. Um, I finished my master's and PhD um, at Carnegie Mellon in, in robotics. Mm-hmm. And in 97, when I finished my degree, uh, left for back to New England where I grew up. And, uh, oh, where in New England? Uh, Connecticut. Uh, oh. That's where I. That's which is where I grew up, but uh, ended up working outside of Boston. Oh yeah. Uh, so I, was I lived in uh, like the Norwich Mystic area, oh, Southeast yeah. Connecticut. Yeah. And went to school in Boston. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I enjoyed New England a great deal. Uh, we spent uh, about 15 years there. Um, I went through a succession of companies, uh, startups, mid-sized companies. Learned a great deal. Uh, probably the most high-profile success there was a company called Color Kinetics, which was actually founded by two CMU uh, people, uh, George Mueller and Ihor Liss. Uh, we created a, a wonderful company that went public, got acquired by Philips yeah. for around $800 million in 2007. And then uh, I stayed on during a lockup period and then joined another startup doing conformal electronics. And we created uh, ultra-thin electronics that could go on the body or inside the body. Uh, I left there in... About four after four years of leading the R and D team and commercializing that technology, um, I then came to Pittsburgh. Actually, at the invitation of uh, Henry Thorne, who co-founded or founded Athon and Four Moms here in Pittsburgh, and so I then headed up the uh, uh, engineering group at Four Moms uh, for a, for a few years. How was it to come back to Pittsburgh? It was great. Actually, it was incredibly impressive how much Pittsburgh had changed for the better. And I'd continued to involve in the alumni side at Carnegie Mellon. So I was here several times a year for those obligations. And you could see everything from bike trails to restaurants, the cultural scene, and importantly, the startup scene. Mm -hmm. It had changed dramatically from the late 90s. And, And what do you attribute that change to? I think a mindset to actually create and live uh, here in Pittsburgh but on yeah. the part of many entrepreneurs that they didn't necessarily have to go to the West Coast to find everything. It's still challenging, uh, I think, in terms of access to capital and attracting and retaining talent, but all of that's improving very rapidly. And I will tell you, having spent the last year, I travel to the West Coast frequently. I've been, it's really almost a second home. Uh, every five to six weeks I'm there and I talk to investors and the profile of Pittsburgh in that region is very high right now. Um, I think Uber and the new Argo investment by Ford That's right. Incredible. and 
many, many of the people in the Valley, in the robotics startups, are in fact CMU graduates. Mm. And so if you look at Chris Ermson at Google and Bill Lee at uh, Nightscope Robotics and many others, there's so many examples of Carnegie Mellon people in the tech scene. In, in it almost the feels like Valley. this tipping point for, for Pittsburgh where it's really starting to accelerate and gain yeah. this incredible momentum. Yep, I think that's exactly right. And one of the things, I had left four moms in October of 2014, mm-hmm. or 2015, sorry. Okay. And... Uh, I formed the Pittsburgh Robotics Network, which is trying to connect all of the different robotics companies here in Pittsburgh. And um, and why did you do that? Because I found that many of these companies didn't know what other companies were doing or other companies weren't there. And then students at Carnegie Mellon, Carnegie Mellon is graduating about 120 graduate level students, masters and PhD students every year, just in robotics. Yeah. And they weren't being well served by the community in the sense that they didn't know about what was going on here. Okay. So since that time, since we formed the Pittsburgh Robotics Network, we've gone on to have meet and greets with students who now say, boy, I had no idea there was so much going on in here in Pittsburgh. Right. And they now have options. They don't have to go to California and spend five to six thousand a month. them here yes. and they get the benefits <laughs> of this great city exactly. and the economics of that. Um, and we retain that talent. That's that's awesome. Um, so uh, Pittsburgh Robotics Network is that um, you still involved with that? Yes, organization? very very much. Yep. Okay, great. Uh, but we've fortunately been able to bring aboard other people who okay. are other local entrepreneurs. Because uh, it sounds like you're pretty busy right now. <laughs> I am. I am. But fortunately, there's a, a group that's helping to lead and guide the Pittsburgh Robotics Network now. Okay. Jackie Erickson, uh, who's helped us in communications. She's now with the new Arm Institute. Uh, and how do people find? Uh, about the robotics network. Uh, on Twitter, we're Robo PGH. Okay. R O B O P G H. Great. So. Uh, okay. Cool. Well, I hope anyone listening who's into robotics and doesn't know about that goes find you guys and uh, great and hooks into that network. Um, okay. So you um, so you uh, left Four Moms. You started the Pittsburgh Robotics Network 2015, and you're starting to think about um, what, you know what's next for you, right? Exactly. And uh, I met with uh, Sanjeev Singh, who mm-hmm. is a, a local entrepreneur. He's done a, uh, a number of uh, small companies here in Pittsburgh, and uh, has been a professor at Carnegie Mellon for many years. And uh, we talked about something that he had going on in his company, which is called Near Earth Autonomy. Uh, Near Earth Autonomy is about autonomous flying missions. That's right. And they fly everything from drones to full-size helicopters using their control and sensing systems. Right. Um, Sanjeev had a uh, piece of really interesting research done by one of his graduate students, Ji Zhang. And Ji had evolved that significantly from the Carnegie Mellon work to uh, work at Near Earth Autonomy. And... Sanjeev had already started to carve out that piece and uh, create a company around it. We saw that the technology had a lot of value, not just in uh, robotics and autonomous vehicles, but in other areas. And uh, I was very excited about it because it was the best performing type of system I'd ever seen that helped to manage uh, your local localization and mapping of environments. Okay, so can you um, can you explain what that means, localization and mapping of environments, and what does sure. it mean to develop a technology that that performs well in that arena? Sure. So there's a uh, an acronym called SLAM in robotics that was posed 30 years ago, mm-hmm. and it's about simultaneous localization and mapping. And this basically answers two questions: Where am I, and what's around me? Okay. But it has to answer both of those simultaneously. It's a very difficult sort of chicken and egg problem. Yeah, I ask myself that every time I wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Similar, <laughs> but your sensing is quite good. Yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, but to teach a robot where it is and what's around yeah. it is, is very challenging. And through a combination of different sensors, cameras, LIDAR, laser radar, okay. and an IMU, we can now What's create... What's an IMU? 
uh, inertial measurement unit. Okay. It's basically a device that through motion can determine its path, Great. but it actually drifts quite a bit, so you need other, other information in okay. order to anchor it. Uh, but the combination of these types of sensors plus some core algorithms allows you now to build a very uh, faithful map of the surroundings and determine your position within it, all without having any prior maps, any infrastructure, or using GPS. Uh, you don't need yeah. any of that. So and this is the this is the core technology that uh, Ji Jang developed at CMU. Correct. Uh, that that um, that anchors what you're doing at Carta. Correct. And then he completely reinvented it for the commercialization side. Really. Completely rewrote it. Actually improved the accuracy significantly. Okay. And as proof of that, uh, last year, we, uh, about this time, we won the Microsoft Indoor Localization Competition in Vienna. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, it was uh, a nice honor. And then secondly, if you look online in the Kitty benchmarks, uh, these are run by the Karlsruhe Institute of Technology in Germany. Mm -hmm. These are online benchmarks that you, where you take data sets, process them, and then tell them with the path and the localization within that. And we're number one and number two on that list over the past uh, year and a half. It's not a bad place to hold. Definitely. <laughs> okay. So... You, I mean, you saw this technology, and you're like, "This is something special." Right. Um, what's the What's the commercial application for this? How did you see an opportunity to really spin right. a company off? So, even to preface that, one of the hard things for a lot of technology entrepreneurs to understand is that you can't fall in love with your technology, mm. right? No matter how cool it is, just it, because it it, it skews your advice. vision of what the commercial possibilities are. Just because you have a better widget doesn't mean you're going to have a market for that widget and Absolutely. people willing to pay for that widget. Uh, so the, my main focus initially was to look at what is the business that we create around this. And we discovered that we had three good options, one of which had already just been started, which is a SaaS portal. Basically, mm -hmm. you can upload your own raw sensor data and we can convert that into a map for you. And it's okay. on our website at carta.com. It's Carta, by the way, is spelled K-A-A-R-T-A. -A right. <laughs> uh, so K-A-A-R-T-A.com. We have a SaaS portal which okay. people for free can upload their raw data sets and we'll process them. Hmm. If they start to use very large data sets or many data sets, we will charge them. And there's a very uh, economical fee that they, they are um, assessed on, which has to do with how much data they're processing. And are people actively using that portal? Yes. Okay. Uh, daily. Really? Uh, and then uh, secondly, we saw an opportunity to license the technology. Again, a nice high, high margin opportunity to take the core technology, mm. provide it in executable form so that people put it, could put it on robots or other devices, uh, even their own hardware systems to do mapping and localization. Then thirdly, we've, we've created and built and sold uh, systems that uh, are hardware-based that incorporate LiDAR, that use cameras, and have an IMU and a processor board. But these are uh, primarily off-the-shelf devices, so there's very little that's customized to use our algorithms. So we're using a commercial off-the-shelf processing board. Uh, the processing power is not augmented by an FPGA or an ASIC or, any, or GPU. This is all purely uh, off-the-shelf hardware. And so these handheld devices you can now walk around mm. with or mount them to a vehicle, and it will map and localize for you. And so who uses that kind of technology? Uh, robotics people, autonomous vehicle people, and so we have customers in both categories already using this and licensing our technology. Well, that's great. Okay. So you had, um, so you said the first thing you wanted to do was to look at that commercial viability and figure out what kind of business you could build. Right. And, and there, there seems to be a lot of different um, areas for you to approach. So. Um, uh, tell me about your team. How many people do you have? Who's on it? And how did you decide what to attack first? 
Sure. So the team uh, right now, Ji Zhang has uh, recently defended his PhD and has joined, joined Carta full-time <laughs> as of March 1st, uh, just a few days ago. And uh, we also have uh, uh, Kathy Patterson, who I worked with at uh, Color Kinetics, the LED company that I was part oh, of great. for many years. Uh, she's in the Boston area. And then Wade Sheen, who's a very experienced uh, both CEO in the past, uh, raising money, but is focusing on sales and business development right now. Okay, He's very, very familiar with doing business uh, around the world. Um, he currently today, as we speak, he's in Asia. Because um, you must have customers around the globe, We do. Right? In fact, we have more customers overseas than we do right here in the U.S. right wow. now. Um, because the sort of early adopters who want this are focused on large urban areas where the density of people and the density of buildings is now... Um, a, a very attractive prospect for mapping, which is the other main aspect of what we do. Okay. So it's yeah. not just robotics. It's also uh, surveying, mapping, and building as-built models of, of buildings and in real time. that's a big part of your business. That's correct. And, and plan moving forward. Yep. And the way I would distinguish those two markets is that autonomous vehicles right now is a very promising market. It hasn't emerged as a revenue-generating market. Okay. There are massive investments going into that, but very little in the way of revenue being generated from autonomous vehicles. Makes sense. We're really However, early in that curve. That's correct. But construction worldwide is a $4 trillion market. Right. Of that, there's uh, on the order of 50 to $100 billion in surveying, mapping, assessment, as-built surveys, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're playing right now, and that's where our revenue is really being generated through. Okay. So you have this near-term um, kind of build your business foundation and then invest in other technologies that can enable longer-term, longer further out markets that's as right. they develop. That's right. We're fortunate that this technology can be used in a wide variety of areas, but that's a tricky situation for a startup uh, because you need to focus on something that will grow your business. Absolutely. And, and be an attractive niche. But surveying and mapping is, if you look at companies like Trimble or Garmin, Magellan, other folks who are in the geospatial business, yeah. and even those in the LiDAR business, um, this is a very attractive market. I, I was on your website this morning, and there's a there's a video that shows a map of some some outdoor space uh, it looks like it might be somewhere in Europe, uh, potentially um, very cool, like interactive. And uh, that's right. And, that, and that's the kind of maps that your your technology can develop. So think of something like the original Star Trek's tricorder. Okay, right? yeah. It was a, a recording <laughs> device, a processing device, right. and an output device. That's why it was called that at the time. Uh, these devices uh, could provide assessments of people in space. So it was very science fiction-y, but very good. This essentially is providing that capability. As you walk through your space in real time, you're seeing a map emerge in front of you um, emerging directly so on cool. the screen. And you can interact with that map. Yeah. You can rotate it, get better viewpoints. You get answers at the point of work. And for interior spaces, you know, so we believe that the inside is as big as all the outside. Okay. That the idea of just knowing your position in the world or scanning outside is limited. In fact, we can do much greater things on the inside of buildings. And where mm. today people use measuring tapes yeah. and clipboards, there. <laughs> there's transcription errors, right. there's uh, a variety of errors that happen through calculations and other things. Uh, you can use high-end LiDAR and build maps, but it's not real time. It requires a lot of post-processing. Okay. Our systems require no post-processing at all. So what really, is there any, what sets you apart from a technology side? Is there something defensible, patentable? Um, how do you build a wall around this? Yeah, so we are uh, heavily patenting okay. uh, these ideas. And while there is certainly patents that are happening at the technology level, uh, we're also focusing on applications and we're also focusing on uh, uh, products. So we're sort of 
a tiered approach to patenting, so we have a very strategic approach to doing that. Makes sense. I did that at uh, Color Kinetics, a previous employer, mm-hmm. and that ended up being worth between five and six hundred million dollars mm-hmm. just from right. the patenting activities. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of value there. <laughs> right. That's right. Um, okay. So, what do you see for uh, for for Carta in the next twelve months? What do you hope to? Where do you hope to be in a year? So we have about eight to 10 dis- dis- distributors worldwide right now. We okay. want to expand that. Uh, so uh, Wade and the, the team are working hard to uh, enable that. That will act as our essentially our amplifier to get out to more customers because each of those distributors knows their region, they know that business, and they right. know their customers in that region much better than we could do okay. by building a direct sales force. Uh, makes so a lot of sense. That's a big part of it. Marketing, too. We just rebranded the company. We're positioning in a different way. We're now going to trade shows, which mm. we had done very, uh, very little last year. Uh, but we did we did well last year in terms of revenue, in terms of uh, margin dollars uh, coming out of that. This year, we're going to scale that much further. Okay. And then are techni- you growing the team as well as you scale those? Sites? Yes, that's right. And you're growing those in Pittsburgh, Boston? Uh, mostly in Pittsburgh. Awesome. Uh, but we are a worldwide company, so uh, we have people on, now on the West Coast. We have people on the East nice. Coast. So we are a worldwide company, but uh, our core operations are right here And what kind of profiles are you going to look to add? Oh, technology, of course. Yes. Um, we're looking to continue to augment the software team. Uh, primarily on the hardware side, we're working with uh, outside folks to actually do product development. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it makes sense for us right now to build a long-term, large engineering team that has mechanical, electrical, and optical, and so forth. Right. Uh, it does make sense for us to focus on the software side, since that's where the real that's value your core. is. Okay. That's right. And our product uh, portfolio right now consists of uh, three hardware products. And uh, we're going to expand that in the future, but uh, we don't necessarily have to uh, build a team. So here in Pittsburgh, there are companies that are already doing product development uh, for a fee. So we work mm-hmm. we work with folks like that. Then, um, uh, that's, so that's the technology side, the sales side, the marketing side. Um, you know, I'm looking to also bring someone aboard on the finance side uh, at some point. Now we're working with outsourcing for some of these activities already. Yeah. Well, hopefully you make so much money, you need to accelerate that. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a, good, uh, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, it is. So if people want to follow your progress or talk with you about the Pittsburgh Robotics Network or what you're doing at Carta, is there a way to connect with you? Sure, just Kevin at Carta.com. Wonderful. And that's K-A-A-K-A-R-T-A. Correct. All right, great. Uh, okay, uh, you know, I have a couple important questions for you that okay. I always end on. Um, number one, is there another entrepreneur in town that um, you think our listeners should hear from? I mean, you've been around this community for a number of years. You've gone to other communities, and you're back in Pittsburgh. So obviously there's something really special happening here, um, and I just want to put as big a spotlight on all of those things as I can. Uh, there's so many good ones. Uh you know, I think a very interesting one might be to go back to uh, Hans Moravec at Sigrid. Yes. Uh, he founded the company or co-founded the company. He's still with the company. He's uh, a pioneer in artificial intelligence, mobile robots, vision. Uh, he's done a really remarkable set of things. Uh, Sanjeev Singh for his work in autonomy and flying systems. And, Absolutely. Uh, he's done many companies. Um, you've, you've spoken to Jurgen and That's Dick right. Jang and others, uh, but uh, there, there are many. It's, yeah, there are, there are a lot. Well, I, I, I love the idea of Hans Moravec and, and Sanjay Singh, and I'll have to get them on at some point. That would be great. Uh, and uh, question number two, favorite restaurant in Pittsburgh? <laughs> <laughs> So I don't often go to sort of high-end restaurants, you know, the Mount Washington sure, ones, but you know, they're good food and so forth. Yeah. But I really like sort of classic Pittsburgh places. Okay. And one of my favorites, mainly for nostalgic reasons, yeah. but I, I still go there occasionally, is Big Jim's in the Run. 
That's great. <laughs> <laughs> because we had many great times there. Yeah. I was there recently with dinner with Red Whitaker yeah. and, and a few other folks from the area. Oh, that's awesome. So. All right. Well, Big Jim's great. So we've got uh, um, Kevin Dowling, Carta. Thanks for the time today and telling us about what you're doing. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for the opportunity to tell you about it.